Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. And today we're actually going to get really practical on how to be you through experiencing inner healing with the Holy Spirit. And I know that for some, this may be a difficult podcast. Um, I'm hoping that it's hopeful for you and exciting and gets your you know brain working and thinking. Um, but I am going to share some personal experiences from my life that are a little bit heavier. So I wanted to kind of give you a heads up on the front end of that. I want to talk for a moment about the difference between inner healing and deliverance so that we can sort of set a disclaimer. If you're interested in a much more in-depth exploration of this topic, I actually preached a longer class on emotional healing, which is essentially inner healing on um, my church at my church, Bethel OKC. So you can go to the Bethel OKC podcast, scroll back a little bit to the equipping healing classes. And it was week number three. It's on the title emotional healing. And you can find a lot more about that if today's episode interests you. But the difference, the main difference, and the reason why we talk about inner healing is because deliverance and inner healing are not necessarily the same thing, although we do sometimes think they are. So deliverance is really the concept of casting out a demon either from you or off of you. In fact, most of us, you know, we we deal with oppression. It's not really possession. That word possession in the Bible, in the Greek language, was actually translated incorrectly. It's more accurately Um, translated oppression into the English language. And so if you are a believer, you are not possessed by the devil, but for sure you can be oppressed by him. Um, A couple months ago, we did a podcast, Help, I Think I'm Possessed, on this uh, um, Art of Being You podcast. And so you can learn all about that if you're interested. So deliverance is one thing. It's really the act of dealing with the demonic spirit that's afflicting you. But inner healing is something entirely different. Inner healing is the action of allowing the Holy Spirit to heal your soul. So I've talked about this before, but I wholeheartedly believe and could give you so many scriptures that I'm not going to do for the interest of time today, that we are a three-part being. We are a body, soul, and spirit. So we have a physical body that lives and walks on this earth and will become dust someday. We have a spirit that is the eternal part of us that gets saved and goes to heaven when we die. And then we have this sort of intermediary spiritual glue that is our soul that connects our spirit to our body. Our soul is what houses our mind our will and our emotions. And the soul is very woundable. So when we go through life and we deal with hurts, it's your soul that's being wounded. If you can imagine someone going through a bear attack, you know, and they've got claw marks all over them and they're very wounded in a lot of random ways from the viciousness of a wild animal attack. I think most of us Christians who have not been through inner healing before our soul probably looks a little bit like that human flesh that's been mauled by a bear. I mean, I don't know many Christians who have not been betrayed or stabbed in the back or hurt by someone else or their church 
And, you know, a lot of our ministry, my husband and I's ministry in the last five years has actually been um, for people who have been deeply wounded by a previous church experience. And there's a lot of reasons why someone gets wounded by that. But really, inner healing is the prayer process of ministering emotional healing to the soul so that you can not live under the torment of your past that is very difficult. I've been through, I can't even count how many rounds of inner healing I've been through. It's a lot. But one of my breakthrough moments came when I got my hands on this teaching that I highly encourage you. It will be the best $8 you spend all year. You can get it on the Brilliant Bookhouse website. It's Graham Cook's ministry. And he has a message called Why God Needs Wounded and Betrayed Believers. It might be why God uses, but it's basically why God uses or needs wounded and betrayed believers. And this message is absolutely critical. If you have ever been deeply hurt, the concepts in this message, some that we're going to explore today are vital for you. But here's the message in a nutshell. God wants you to be compassionate and he wants you to become mercy. He doesn't want you to act merciful and act compassionate and turn it on and off. He wants you to be it. And one of the forms God uses is allowing us to enter into the fellowship of his suffering. That's a scripture for you. And that fellowship of his suffering actually applies to multiple different things, one of which is emotional betrayal. So just think about Jesus sitting at the dinner table at the last supper with Judas, and he is signaling to Judas, I know what you're about to do. He knows he's about to be betrayed, and he is still in communion and fellowship with Judas. And Judas is about to do something so difficult. This points for us about how Jesus handles those who have been betrayed and the betrayers themselves. I need to stop for a second and do a disclaimer because I know that sometimes it's very difficult for us to understand how God could ever, you know, be okay with someone who has betrayed us, especially if the betrayal was significant. And I want to say for a second that God never sides with sin. He's never on the side with sin, but he's also never apart from people. So his heart, the reason why Jesus went to the cross was so that he could reconcile all people to himself. And sometimes his people have problems with each other, but God is bigger than that. And so he actually can maintain connection with both parties It's a phenomenon that's really hard to understand, but you just need to know that just because someone has betrayed you does not mean that God is going to pull back from them, stop pursuing them, stop wanting the best for their life. That's not the way it works. Now, forgiveness plays a huge role in our inner healing process, but that doesn't mean that your boundaries are restored, right? So some, you might be listening to that and thinking, Rachel, are you saying that God is for my betrayer and so I should be reconciled to them because he is reconciled to them? And I would say to you, heck no. God is not always saying that you need to be reconciled to someone who's going to continue to treat you poorly. I'm saying that God will stay reconciled to them at all means possible, but that's not on you. That's on him, right? We can't come into the place of God and say, you get to, you know, I get to pick and choose who you can be dad to. That's his role as God. I don't want that job. I'm telling you, you don't either. 
But inner healing is a really big deal for us. We need it. And one of the reasons is because we need wounding in our life. Now, you probably are like, what did she just say? And I think at this point in my life, I can see with clarity that we do need to go through times where we're wounded. I think what we do with the wounding is really significant. I don't believe that God wants you to go through pain so that you can, you know, spiral into unhealthy patterns or walk away from him or anything like that. What I'm saying is that there is something of God when we go through a difficult circumstance that we can't get any other place. So I will never forget. You guys have heard me share parts of the story before, but you know, when I was 29 years old, I was, um, uh, 20 weeks pregnant. I was halfway through the pregnancy with my fourth child, a little boy named Kingston. And, um, he, we had a, what's called medically a spontaneous abortion. He died in the womb and we didn't know why. And, uh, so we had to do, we had to deliver him as a stillborn. And, um, there was something that happened in this experience that I don't share about publicly because it's not really, a you know, usually a part of the story, but we decided to bury him in a communal burial with all of the other babies who had been, um, who had been miscarriages or stillborn in the six month time period. So the hospital that we delivered at had this program where they had a a grave plot they had bought, um, in the area of the unborn, the memorial to the unborn babies at the cemetery. And so what they would do is for anybody that didn't want to pay for a funeral or couldn't afford a funeral on their own, they would bury the babies together and they held sort of a group memorial. So, um, we actually delivered him in October of 2012 and in April of 2013. So six months later, we went to this memorial with all the other babies who had passed away in utero and were being buried with our son. And they had the funeral thing with the green tent and everything, you know, up and and the whole deal. And I sat in this tent with my little family and there was a Spanish speaking family that did not speak English. There was a group of um, bikers like Harley Davidson bikers in their black leather, all there that had rode in on their motorcycles. There was um, some completely, you know, head to toe tattooed people in a family. There was my very suburban looking white family there. It was, and there was an Asian family as well. It was this incredibly eclectic group of people. There was a single mother. Um, there was, you know, a couple that, I mean, it was just the most random grouping that you could imagine. And I sat there going through this memorial service, looking around at all of these people. And I thought to myself, There is never another time in my life where I would have something in common, truly in common with all the people that are here. You're talking about people from all different walks of life, people from different economic statuses, people from different careers, different belief systems, different religions, sitting under this tent with all of our precious loved ones, our precious babies being buried in the same spot. I have this experience with God at that moment that was so humbling to me because I I realized that I was having compassion and mercy towards someone that I would very unusually feel towards, right? That I didn't have a natural reason to feel compassionate because our lives don't necessarily connect. Now, I don't mean that I don't have compassion on people who are different than me. What I'm saying is that I began to understand I was becoming compassion not just being compassionate. 
from this point in my life and really a number of the things that I've been through, you cannot see life the same way. It just, if you, I know you're listening to this thinking, I know exactly what you're saying. When you've gone through something and you've made it to the other side of healing, nothing looks the same to you because now you can't help but empathize. You can't help but, like Jesus says, walk a mile in their shoes and you know what that feels like. There's something about our journey as believers that when we go through wounds and betrayal, especially by people who should have treated us right, that we become compassion for others who have gone through that as well. Because now we understand how to not take things for granted. Now we understand how you should or should not treat someone when you are in spiritual authority over them. Now, you know, it's a different perspective. So I do believe that God uses our woundings. He uses the betrayals that we've been through. Nothing in the kingdom is wasted. But I want to challenge you to think for us for a moment. Are the betrayals that you have been through, are they changing you into a better person, a softer person, a more compassionate, merciful person, or are they changing you into a more embittered person? A lot of times when we experience betrayal, we sort of wince and we pull back from God because we're like, Lord, you could have saved me from that. You could have done X, Y, and Z and you didn't. And now I don't know what to think about that. And it becomes this really difficult thing. And then a little bit of distance with God becomes a lot of distance. It becomes even more distance. And this whole snowball effect thing happens. But when we go through a betrayal and then we receive inner healing, when we let the Holy Spirit heal us, what happens is we become a softer, more compassionate person, not an embittered person. So my challenge to you is to really do some soul searching and see which one are you? Which one would you say you identify more with? I know you've been through hard stuff because everyone has. So the question is, has your hard stuff softened you? Or has it hardened you? The hot water is designed to change us, right? The hot water of life, the challenges that we go through, the hurts that we go through, it's designed to change us. It's supposed to make us better. But what happens is a lot of us stop short before we get the revelation, before we get the insight that God was trying to do. And then we live in this neutral spot where we're leaning towards the embittered side or we're just all the way there and we have to work through so many hurdles to get over into the thing that God wanted us to have in the first place. That's where inner healing comes. That's the part that it plays. I I believe that when we go through difficult life things, we're supposed to emerge strong and victorious. We're not supposed to emerge hardened and mean-spirited and hurtful towards other people. Here's the the lie we're all telling ourselves is that we can go through hurt, but it doesn't really affect us, right? I mean, that's just not the way that life works. Hurt people hurt people. Why? Because the pain that we feel needs to come out somewhere. So we're going to either point it towards ourselves, or we're going to point it towards other people. It's going to go somewhere. You got to deal with it. So let's talk for our last couple of minutes about how you actually deal with it. And I want to walk you through a prayer that I use for my own process that you can 
um, do for yourself. And, you know, of course there are lots of ministering, uh, counselors, really uh, people who specialize in inner healing, who would be, you know, more than happy to help you pray through it. Why do you need someone else? Well, sometimes you can get stuck because, um, you know, you're very intimately acquainted with your life experiences and you need someone to kind of help you move through the steps. But I want to kind of explain to you my favorite um, inner healing tool, and it comes from the Theophostic ministry, but it's really called Presenting Jesus. And the idea behind this is to ask Jesus to show you what he was doing while you were being hurt. So, you know, it's a difficult, a really difficult thing to process sometimes. But in my life, what I began, when I began this, I did this with other people. They would lead me through these steps. And then now at this point, I do this myself. In fact, sometimes I'm doing this in real time. I've had a few really difficult experiences in my life recently where as it's happening, I've been able through practice and repetition to stop and say, God, what are you doing right now? And be able to avoid some of the deeper hurts because I'm paying attention to the kingdom in real time, not having to go back and do it retrospectively. I share that with you to say, I think that's the goal, but practice is what gets you there. So here's what it looks like. It, it really essentially is just asking the Holy Spirit to show you uh, a time, you know, to bring you back to that place of hurt in your life, to bring you back to that point of betrayal. You know, I've had a few where just in relationship, people have just treated me inappropriately or said things that were incredibly unfair and, you know, just completely lacking in, in kindness. And, um, those are hurtful things. And a lot of times the words that they say kind of stick around for a while. Right. And so for me, I, I will go back to that place and I'll just, I'll allow myself to recall it. What did it feel like when I was listening to them say this to me? What, what was going through my mind when I was being told that I'm bad at this or bad at that, or, you know, I'm never going to be able to X, Y, Z. And so once you can accurately remember to the best of your ability, then you simply just ask the Holy Spirit, show me what Jesus was doing in that moment. And then you just take a few minutes to quiet your heart and, 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 you know, go back to that sort of imagination memory, you know, you're, you're imagining the memory, so to speak, and just look around the scenery of it and see what was he doing. And then once you have that, then you begin to ask the Holy Spirit to heal the places that were broken from your not understanding. And it's not because you should have known better or you could have, you know, done something different. It's, it's more about just accepting what has been and allowing the Holy Spirit to heal what was something difficult. I would encourage you to end in a time of prayer, really asking him to minister to your heart. Let me tell you an example of what this looks like. Um, you know, for me, I've had situations where I've had to ask the Lord, Jesus, what were you doing in this moment? And one particular situation, I was listening to someone say some things about me that, um, you know, it was the kind of stuff that that was said in such a matter of a fact way that it felt like everybody believes this about you, you know, like like this is who you are to everyone else. And uh, I honestly, my mind would rehearse these experience, this, these words over and over 
um, and over again. I mean, for two or three years, it was like commonplace every week or two for me to hear this person say this to me in this particular, in, in their voice. And it was, it always made me feel like such a small, terrible person that had no hope for a future. And when I asked the Holy Spirit, you know, God, what were you doing in that moment? I, I, I love how Jesus showed me that he had come and he was standing in front of me, taking the brunt of the words and stripping them of their power. And I began to realize that I had been empowering these negative words and I had been allowing them to affect me. I just began to pray and said, Jesus, help me get rid of the power of these words. Help me remove them from my mind. Help me feel, like reduce the intensity that I feel them at. I put my hand on my mind and began to just pray for the blood of Jesus to wash over me in a way that would heal everything that had been hurt by that experience. Breaking the power of those words, you know, reducing that, asking the Holy Spirit to minister healing to me as well. And I'm telling you, there was so much freedom that came from that. I could literally spend another 30 minutes telling you stories just like this. But the truth of the matter is that Jesus has promised to be with you always, right? I mean, this is what he says at the end, right before he goes and ascends into heaven. And behold, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. It's his promise. Nothing has been hidden from him. He knows everything you've been through. So my encouragement to you, if you are dealing with something that is hurting you, it could be even just losing a job in this season of life or even the fear of losing a job. Take it to the Lord and let God minister to your heart. There's, I like to think about it like this, and I'll just take an extra minute or two today to just kind of share this picture with you. It's been really helpful in my journey with Jesus to sort of imagine a secret place that he and I go to. And it, 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 it's like almost like a real place to me at this point, because when I'm experiencing pain and when I need the Lord to heal me and, and talk with me and give me perspective, I'll imagine myself sitting in this particular place with him. And it it's like instantly I'm reminded of all of the the beautiful things that God has done in my life, just even the parts that nobody knows about in my spirit, you know, in my soul, the places he's brought healing to. So I encourage you, carve out a place for you like that. You know, your imagination is actually a gift to you from God. Of course, stuff that we imagine, we don't hold that with the same weight as like a prophetic word from the Bible. So that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying use your imagination to replace the Holy Spirit. I'm saying use your imagination as the platform that the Holy Spirit can come and speak to you on so that you can get some some safety in your spirit to go and look at these hurts and actually get them healed. Because I'm telling you, you may have been wounded deliberately. God may have been having a purpose in mind for what he wanted to do with that. But until you come to the place of healing, you don't get to experience the blessing on the other side of it. So I just encourage you, be willing to go there. I'm I'm thinking about you as you do that. I'm praying for you. If you need specific help, please reach out to me. You can message me on social media, on Instagram at Rachel Wartman or on Facebook as well, on Messenger. I'm happy to connect with you to help you in that way because my passion is your freedom. My passion is that you would emerge from this season of your life victorious and strong like you could have never imagined. But I know 
there's probably going to be some inner healing involved in that. So thanks for listening today. Thanks for kind of doing this deep dive. Again, if you've got questions, let me know. And uh, I'm praying for you. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.